Welcome to Recipe Club, the podcast where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying. I co-host this podcast with David Chang. Hello, hello. Who's that guy? <laughs> and In case you guys don't know who David we, Chang is. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a very special episode of the pod today. If you're watching this video on Spotify or wherever, you will have already noticed that we are in a different setting. We are at our Major Domo TV studios in downtown LA with Bricia Lopez, legendary, legendary LA chef who we've had on uh, the Dave Chang show to discuss her most recent book with Javier Cabral, Asada, the art of Mexican style grilling. Um, what, you're just like preeminent LA food family. What does it feel like to be just like part of the foundational culinary heritage <laughs> of Los like, Angeles? Give, give it to me more. What else? <laughs> Legendary foundation of LA culture. Give it all. If, Keep going. Keep Gala going. gets, uh, I mean, you it's. You better than that. It's <laughs> tall, wonderful. <laughs> tall. <laughs> Sharp-witted. We're doing a special episode. This is outside the, the normal. the first time we've ever been all in one room. This is the thing. So we are all... No, we did the David Chang show. Yes, but Recipe Club oh, is Recipe different. Recipe Club. So DC, if you're again, if you're watching this, we're gonna, I'm going to try to keep this all friendly for audio listeners, but Dave is wearing his apron right now because we are literally... We have run out of the kitchen... <laughs> Like I right outside so, this door. I am so full right now. is stuffed. I'm stuffed. Chang is stuffed. Because we tried something brand new, which is what Dave said. This is the first episode of Recipe Club. Dave and I have been doing this podcast for three, three years. years Two, three, three years. Jeez. It was born when Dave was living in New York still. In no. Like, we, we started doing it remotely. You were still in New oh, York. Oh, shit. I was in New York. You were in New York. Yeah. Locked down. Yeah. I was at my in-laws house in Sonoma. I had the worst Wi-Fi. We're out in Long Island. <laughs> it was so bad. Remember I did the Fallon late night show in the late, uh, side a- story? My Wi-Fi was so bad that we were recording the late show, late yeah. night show, and it went out. So I, I had a call from my phone by the gas station. <laughs> oh, so like- I'm doing the... <laughs> Yeah, he zoom was, for my iPhone. He was taking like very important call, like to that point, like very important Lane, calls and FaceTimes, yeah. like at the gas station in the car because that's where the Wi-Fi was. But this podcast was born when he was he was on the other side of the country. I was I was at my in-laws in Sonoma. It was a very interesting and cool way for us to connect because we were cooking the same recipes in different places. We did it with Priya Krishna, and all these years later, this is the first time we've cooked with somebody well i am honored we all tasted each other's food we did it is it, it's it, everything I that won. i was hoping it to be you did <laughs> appreciate one we only continue to change this podcast we don't, we're not just doing this to be sadistic i mean david's yes. one of us a deli is. container <laughs> dave's it's like you know dave's drinking out of a deli container yeah. but you know we're mixing it up because we want to get better and we want to keep trying new things <laughs> anyway that's enough sort of meta level talk about Recipe Club. This is a special episode for multiple reasons, not just that it's an, an in-person one. We have a very special guest. Aww, thank you. Thanks and, for having me. And we're not and we're doing something. We we brought you in specifically because this is gonna air in the right in the thick of Asada season. Mm-hmm. Right it's in the here. thick, right in the thick of cookouts, outside get togethers, your God, I and you don't said, have to be outside, as, as we realized today. As we're going to prove. If you're like, oh, great, another barbecue episode. Shut this up. I'm no. an endorsement. Yeah, endorsement. 
This, they, they don't, people don't underestimate the power of being an endorsement. And, you know, I showed you the dark side. I'm an endorsement myself, let me tell you. <laughs> this is, this is it's the, pretty great. This is the, are you, are you an endorsement? I mean, I feel like, I'm, I like outdoorsy comfortable. You like to be indoors, outsourced. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love, I love being out. Like, I'm, I, I like, yes. I love, I connect. Like, I love, I think when I go outside, I generally feel different. I do get cabin fever very easily, mm-hmm. but hey, listen, like, can I? Enjoy I got a remedy for cabin fever. Cabin fever can be remedied with this this oh. method. Oh, interesting. Yes. If cabin fever is what's keeping you from becoming an endorsement, this is how you beat cabin fever. Tell me, you go to sleep later and you wake up later. Simple. It's a simple ch- trick. Okay, no, no, I have children. Like that's just physically impossible. Like scientifically impossible. For me, well, the cure, the cure for what ails you, according to David Chang, the cure for what ails you is just keep sleeping. <laughs> Ignore it as just, much. Just, just sleep, guys. Well, I mean, life got you down. Just sleep. <laughs> you sound like my, that's my dad's answer to everything. He's like, you just need to exercise and go to sleep. No. That's literally or, his answer or to everything. just not exercise and just sleep. <laughs> yeah, your dad's a wise man, except for the exercise part. <gasps> um, but we are here because, yeah, like I said, it's the, it's the thick of... Uh, of grilling and chilling season. Yeah. But what I know I wanted so badly not to say it, but it's, uh, there's, there's something about the Asada jokes aside. I mean, not even jokes that sort of transcends like the spirit of the Asada is, is not necessarily mean you have to cook these exact things and sit at this exact kind of a table. Right? Like what is, what is like the, you tell so you came to the Asada. We we had our, our, our show, and I told you to invite someone. I said that I did. You came. Someone else in this room didn't. One was invited, rejected my invitation. I'm which trying is to fine. teach my boys the, the power of being indoors. <laughs> <laughs> they, were right in the middle, they were right in the middle of a training session. He yeah. couldn't take them outside. Otherwise, they had to start all over, reset the clock. <laughs> yeah, I did. I came to I came to your Asada. Uh, and okay, I introduced you to my other Asian friend. <laughs> Oh my God. This is the, this is the best thing. This is the best. This is, I, I, how do I even tell this story? Without, without me being canceled? You had, I don't know how to tell it without you being canceled, but here's how, here's how I'll save you. First of all, I go to the Asada, you know, I don't, you know, I knew, I knew, I knew Javier was there. I knew, uh, Fernando was there. I knew some people, but you know, I was, I was new to the crowd. Risia being a a kind host. Who was that Asian person? Greta. Oh, who like I was like you know Greta right? Like, this, this is exactly what she says. I'm sitting there. She goes, "Oh, Chris, you know Greta, right?" And I was like, "Why would I know Greta?" I think because David knows Greta. Yeah. And don't you know everyone that David knows? And then quickly I realized, am I being racist right now? There's only one other like, Asian Shit. person. In your defense, here's how I'll save you. I was texting Chang on the side, being like, "Hey, are you are you going to be able to pull the kids out?" And he was like, "Dude, it's a disaster over here. I'm trying to get. I can't get out of the house with these guys." And but then Chang was like, "Oh, but I heard Greta's there. I think you're going to be fine." So, <laughs> so then you were racist too. Great, I love it. Legitimately, well, yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what I was trying to say is like, what is the what is the magic of the Asada? And I think you were redirecting it to me to answer, which is, I mean, it was it's it's. I felt like I was in a 
commercial for an amazing antidepressant. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like that is you are not selling this. So <laughs> no, here, it was like a beautiful outdoor gathering. Kids are running around. Everybody's like, even if they don't know each other, they're you know like six different people poured me mezcal. Like everybody was just and you like did bring a nice bottle. Every, I did bring one. It dis it dis it disappeared quickly. Very quickly. You know, there's no formality to the food. No mm -hmm. one's like ringing a dinner bell, being like, no. now it is time for the potage. Like please no come. Cutting you know, against the grain. No one's cutting grits. No meat being cut against the grain. And you know, everyone's double dipping in the salsa. The food keeps coming. And this is maybe this is jumping ahead, but I mean, Chang, when you when you read this book or you, you hear about Asada or you go to an Asada, like it's not just it's an amazing Mexican American thing, but it's like reminds you of other eating styles too, right? It's like this is not just one thing. I feel like my favorite places in the world eat in this communal fashion, whether you're in uh, Turkey or Korea, even basically all of Asia yeah. eats a way that here's some protein because meat is a celebration. It's not something 100%. you eat every day. And when you do, it's like, okay, we're, something, something good happened. We're celebrating something. Um, and, you know, usually it's cooked over fire and the way it happens, whether it's a kebab or something, it's you have your garnishes and sauces and you have the meat in front of you, a pile of meat. And you might have some flatbreads. You might have some sam. You might have some uh, like naan or whatever. And you wrap it up and you eat it. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's tortillas. It's tortillas, salsa, chicharrón. Chicharron, but if you like think about it, though, all the all of it all over the world. You have some kind of vehicle to wrap it in. Mm -hmm. Fatty, delicious, salted meat, right? Marinated or not. And then usually Sauce. acidic sauces and spice and herbaceous things. So this is literally, this is like Old Testament shit. Like this is like literally one of the first foods was, you We're know, biblical flat, here. It's yeah, it's flatbread meat and herbs, right? Like that's like a traditional mm -hmm. Jewish Old Testament that's like sandwich. Like any culture that has discovered meat, and bread has been like, whoop, put them together. But I, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's it's like a it's a universality, like this, like wanting to eat in this way. And like you said, it's a celebration chain. But I also think, like, you, what do you guys think about this? I think it's a. I'm always weirded out by each of us gets one big piece of meat. We go to a restaurant. You get a big steak. You get a pork chop. Right. I get a, a lamb chop. Like. It's a lot of meat, and it's just you like, blame the Medici's, man. <laughs> blame the Medici's for this. Really, they meeting. fucked it over. They fucked everything up. I mean, they did a lot of good things. Don't get me wrong. All right, but what do you mean? Why did the Medici's fuck this up? Okay, can you? Because so much of who how is we this, eat who is, is from Medici's? the Medici family. The like the Europe, ruling the, family in Italy in that France. was just like. Yeah. You remember I told you I don't do public history either. Yeah, she doesn't. Okay. She doesn't do history and public math. Yeah, that's yeah. not my. Neither thing. do I. I'm just making this shit up. I don't even know if it's the Medici's, quite frankly, but it sounded good. Chang does historical fiction. Yeah. <laughs> this is what he does. Yeah. Based on true stories. Based on true stories. Loosely based. But I, I, mean, I guess what I was going to say was like, it's celebratory, but at the same time, there's a frugality to it as well. Because it's like, the three of us, with all of the stuff, could eat one steak really happily. Mm -hmm. With like all of the accoutrements and sides and accessories and dipping sauces, like... We don't need to eat a huge ass piece of meat like one at a time, right? Anyone that grows up in a country where there isn't a lot of abundance, 
like meat is definitely a luxury, right? It's like one, the one thing that your parents say for, and it's like, a, like you say, celebratory once a week situation, you know, and it's, there's something like also so beautiful about like the sacrifice of even an animal. And it's like a ritual thing that you do when the animal feeds the, you know, the town and the whole thing. And I, I don't know, I, I, I didn't understand like the whole one piece of meat per per person until I came to America. And I realized like, oh shit, like I, I didn't even know about buffet was like a thing until I went to big boys, you know, in like the nineties. And I was like, you can eat all you want. Like, I'm very confused at this, like, like at this concept. So I think it's just like coming to a place, like living in a country where abundance is just a norm, normality. It's like everything's a lot, a lot, a lot. And even at my restaurant, it's like we 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 start. I mean, we had been doing like the communal thing since before it was a communal thing. I think now restaurants are doing that. Now it's just like mm-hmm. order one thing and order a couple of things, and everything meant to be shared. And I think that's just like the better way of eating food and also creating your own bite. I think there's a lot of chefs who want you to have to eat the way they want you to eat, mm-hmm. right? It's like, no, you must eat it this way for you to get the experience. And I'm like, well, why shouldn't food just be bomb no matter in which way you cut it? Like, you should just eat good food. And I think like, that's what I got from today. You know, all the food was bomb. Like, all the food was great. It's just great fucking food no matter how you cut it and dice it or mix it. And, you know, whether you had three salsas, David, right? Three salsas that you made today and like four different meats and like the beautiful fancy ass seashell leaf like flour tortillas that you made like all the stuff that you could have had it but with rice you could have it in so many different ways combine it and it's still good I see what you're saying. it was never good there was no combination where it might be bad no and like that's great food that's that is what great food is you don't it's like sometimes you go to these places and they tell you you chef doc wants you to eat it this way i'm like well what if i don't want to then does that mean like it's not going to be good <laughs> I mean, do you think, Shane, would you go so far as to say that, hmm, I'm going to say this without thinking about it, home cooks should never try to individually plate food for people? It should, everything you could, you try, if you want to be a great home cook, you should always basically be cooking family style? I wouldn't worry about planning at all. <laughs> like who, like why would no, you? No, I mean like, I think you should worry about making the f- food in the pot or pan as delicious as possible before you fucking worry about what kind of plateware you're going to put it on. Uh-huh. Like, let's, let's just walk before you run there. All right. <laughs> walk before you Man, run. Man, like running that, uh, you know, 50 meter uh, sprint. That's, uh, you know, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you, you can't even crawl yet. Yeah. You're I not mean, a hurdle. I think <laughs> you're talking about doing the hurdles. That's just like, you know, I, I feel like, if you're somebody who thinks, oh, I'm having a dinner party or I'm having a gathering, I should have courses and all of this stuff. Well, I mean, like, listen, there's certain things where I think, like, I think when we do something like Thanksgiving, I do put, like, names on the platters where I'm going to use it for. I'm but like, here, this and that. do you course the food out at Thanksgiving? No, no, yeah. no, no. But that's the beauty about Thanksgiving. You don't course it out, right? Like, you're, like, everything's in the middle. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, do I pick a vessel? Yeah, of course. I don't know where I'm going to put pick it. A, pick a nice vessel. But I'm not saying, like, here's your here's your uh, little turkey leg? ring mold of stuffing that I have gently placed oh. a piece of turkey on top of. Like, Yeah, no. That's that's why I go to restaurants. But also- To watch professionals do their work. I don't know. Not to pretend, you know. I'm playing stickball out here. Uh, uh, if we're following this philosophy, then, you know, everyone should just make their own floral arrangements. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. I just put some fucking flowers in that vase. 
Everybody should make your own floral arrangements. You should have a little host stand at your, at your, your house. house. Like, welcome, why, why, welcome. Why, why, you know, you watch enough videos on YouTube, just become a fucking farmer. Throw your own vegetables. <laughs> You well, have to, no, you have to no. raise some chickens. But I mean, like, it's just like food is just going to be good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's going to be if it's good food, it's going to be good food. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And and to the to the point of, of this like episode, today, like yeah, today. I, I I'll, I'll wrap this up and let's get into the actual cooking. I like going to gatherings, whether it's an asada or anything else like that. I like a gathering where it's informal. The focus is on deliciousness and everybody yeah. is just it's just like having a good time. So we're going to try today <laughs> to talk a little bit about the ways in which you can have a gathering like this, whether or not you have access to the outdoors, whether you not have you have a big backyard or a patio or anything like that, because we chose two recipes from this book. Basically, mm-hmm. we chose your classic carne asada Mm -hmm. which we're going to have you just describe in in detail and the accompanying uh salsa taquero Mm -hmm. um which is like a a tomatillo salsa and that's it that's like that's the basic basis of it we did it all inside we did it an induction burner on an induction burner uh dave may have taken advantage of a uh, indoor broiler but we didn't set off any smoke alarms but why don't you why don't we start with the original recipe Mm -hmm. talk us through the sort of the carne asada that's in here, maybe if there's, you talk about like this style of carne asada, like what, what does that mean? What are the other ones? Talk us about the original recipe. This is, I'm so glad that y'all chose this recipe because this is probably the recipe that I'm the most proud of. And obviously if you're writing about asada, you want to make sure that your marinade is like really great. And I already knew that I needed to create the perfect marinade that would best mimic what you get at a carniceria, right? Which is, um, the meat department at a Mexican grocery store. Mm-hmm. And at every Mexican grocery store, you have your carniceria, and then you have an array of already pre-marinated flat meat. Okay, think- before before you continue, yeah. What is your what's what's the what's the overall take on the pre-marinated carniceria carne asada? I all about it when you are trying to like if you want to have your carne your host your party and people are coming and you don't got time to do prep and you're just like just, yeah, go legit. Yeah, legit, a hundred percent. Where do people? What do people buy? Because if they don't have access to a, a Mexican supermarket with a great butcher, um, where do they buy flat meat? What cut of meat is that to them? So I was I was talking to Chris about this. I think you just buy like a flank and then just slice it in half to just to thin it out. I mean, you have to just learn. Just get a really sharp knife. Put your finger down. Put yeah, your hand down. None of that is going to happen. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> listening has a very sharp knife. <laughs> But basically, Neither do but, I. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, it's just the thinnest, the thinnest sort of cut that you can get. I think like, right. and it has to be something like that's fatty. So that's, I mean, I think that's probably the best that you can, that you can do if you want to mimic that asada taste. But thin sliced meat. It has the, to be a thin sliced meat. Just because when an asada, and I think this is like the thing that I always heard I had an issue with. When you look for a picture of an asada, it's always like a perfectly cut steak. Mm. And like, that's not what an asada is. We had this whole discussion when we were shooting for a magazine that I was featured in, like the food stylist was like trying to make it look medium rare and it was a little thicker and they were cut. I was like, this is not what I'm doing, guys. What like, do you mean? Shh, of course they know how to do it better. <laughs> they brought out the red Sharpie. They yeah. Drew it, color it I was like, bit. this is not the... This they watched is, a YouTube video on this. I'm like, no, like you rip it with your hands. Like, what do you mean? Like, no, it's about... Like just not being precious with what you have, and 
it's thin. There is no achieving medium rare. It is a, it's as thin as you can get it piece of beef. Yeah, and just like nice char on it, like, you know, acidic, nice. Hit okay. it with the, li- with the lime and the salt when you hit we're gonna, the grill. We're going to get to that trick. So what is this marinade? And are there like oh, different yeah. styles? So, yes, there's different styles. I think I have four in total in the book for flap or flank and rib or a skirt. If A skirt could also work. Um, beer, cumin, oregano, um, paprika, a lot of um, garlic, onion. Clove was interesting to me. Clove. Yeah. I think like clove and cumin are probably one of the most used ingredients in my book. Also very traditional cooking in, in Oaxaca. We used a lot of clove in a lot of our moles and dishes. Like clove is part of our culture. So I think I'm just very familiar with working with clove, and which is why I always added it to my marinades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So marinade. This is, this is like maybe like the, the fifth time in my life I've cooked with clove. Really? Yeah. It's totally foreign to me too. Very. Yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty, I feel scared of it a little bit. Because it's just, it's so like pungent. It's yeah. Like low key, kind of like maybe BO. I mean, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I mean, maybe a little, I mean, cumin's got that a little bit. But yeah, I just, I've, I never, I never mess with clove at all, really. Just a clove studied ham. That's what I remember as a kid, <laughs> right? Clove studied ham. You put it I've at the center of a pineapple, like, right. Yeah. Or really? into the little orange that you throw yeah, into yeah, your yeah. apple cider or whatever. Oh, you know. I never, no, no, no. Clove is uh, highly used in, it's like, <laughs> don't know what you're talking no, about. No, it's highly used in Oaxacan cooking. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Clavos. So, so what what do you how do you define this style? This you you have it as classic. Yeah, this is just I think for me when I think of an asada and what it is is very LA I mean, I think of LA as a part of Mexico, but if you go to the northern part of Mexico, I think we spoke about the show. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. Why wouldn't because you think that? Because that's true. That's true. It's just all LA. It's it's really like an LA style. Every time I taste it, every time I make it, every time someone makes it, even when you made it on the slow cooker, I was like, dang, this like still hits the spot. Like this still gives me that. I just went to get my meat from the Grand mm-hmm, Even mm-hmm. the way it looks, you know, certain kind of cities use a lot of orange juice, a lot of like sunny D for okay. that sweetness. That's where we get our sweetness from the orange juice and some other marinades. Um, and the, 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 the more neon orange the juice is, like the better it's going to be because it's got a higher sugar content. Uh, all right, so marinate overnight, and then usually on the grill, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Today, cast you were iron. cast iron, but the the whole goal is like like you said, it's you're not trying to medium rare anything. No. What you want more than anything is like a color char. and char. Nice char. But also the cast iron mimics a plancha. Okay, so there's a lot of there's a lot of taqueros that love a good plancha and don't like to do it over open fire. Okay, so that's like a whole other technique too when it comes to asada. One of those taqueros you recently stole a little trick from that we yes. have stolen from you. Can you talk about that trick? So we were I was in Mexico City and there's this one taquero that opens I believe at 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. It already has a line and he I think he only does it for like five hours and then he closes. Um, and all he does is. And I don't, and this mirror this is not a I don't think he has pre any pre marinade because I kind of like I was like I don't think he does anything it's just great cut of meat mm-hmm. salted I'm pretty sure puts it on the plancha hits it with lime hits it with salt turns it around hits it with lime hits it with salt gets whatever fats left dips the tortilla around there with like the lime and the salt gets a saying look you are salivating I'm just thinking about I'm just like <laughs> gets um. I, like gets a tortilla, like heats it up exactly where the meat was. So then you get some of that fat that was left. So picks up all the fat of the tortilla, 
puts it on the plate, puts the whole piece of meat, and then he's not even cut. He just puts the thing on the meat, gives it to you, and then you have like four salsas to choose from. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the best bites I had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that's the trick. That's the move. So ever since then, that's all I've been doing. I'm going to I'm gonna jump way ahead for just a second and say, so that move you just described. So he, he cooks the carne on the plancha, mm-hmm. takes it off. Now there's a spot on the plancha where that meat was. Yeah. Where there's salt and a little lime and fat mm-hmm. and juices and that's where the tortilla goes on top because yes. that's the logical place here's why i think like wherever you are in the world whatever you're cooking whatever your background it comes down to these little moves because we saw dave when he was totally unrelated in this kitchen you had cooked your meat under the broiler and you know he had set some you know he'll get to it in a second but he put his meat on the broiler and had this chopped up the meat, put it on a plate. And then this tray the meat was mm-hmm. sitting on had all of its juices. Mm-hmm. And the, the equivalent of that taquero move is Dave picks up the tray and pours the juices And it's just like innate, on top. right? It's just, it's just innate. Or like not rinsing off his salsa base. Yeah. And like, it's like where is flavor and like, everything. Where, where, can I, where can I get flavor and why would I, th- it's, it's the same. It's, I mean, not to give any credit to the French for anything, but it's the same thing of like fond. And like, if I'm going to brown meat in this pot, like that's all the good shit. Yeah. But I know, I mean, I, I, I never, I've never cooked French food, nor am I, you know, French trained, but like I was trained in my grandma kitchen and like she never, everything was just using the same pot. Yes. Like it was, same she, pot. she never went to France either. So like, I think it's just a thing people do everywhere. It's just building on whatever flavor and go and like making sure that you, you know, you scrape every, there's, there's, there's another recipe that we have in my Oaxaca book that, um, one of my most favorite things to have and my mom makes is called salsa de carne frita. And that's straight up just pork ribs that are cooked with just their fat and a lot of garlic. That's it. There's nothing that was in the pot. You slow cook it, slow cook it, slow cook it. And it just gets super brown and charred. And then on the side, you make a a salsa with chile morita and tomatillos and, you Mm -hmm. know, the same thing. So then once you're, once you like your, your ribs are super brown and super like just beautifully done, you pour the salsa on top of it and then you have to scrape all the fat and then you serve it with black beans on the side and tortillas. And that's like my, one of my favorite dishes ever. And yeah, I mean, whatever that technique is, whatever that technique, whatever the Europeans people call like that technique, whatever that's called in fancy kitchens, I don't know. I just know it as salsa de carne frita. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine why you think that's delicious. It sounds disgusting. It sounds, <laughs> sounds absolutely grotesque. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm conscious of time because Dave has oh, yeah. a lot to talk about Come on, Dave. his recipes, but... Just really quickly before we get into the variations, salsa taquero, tell us what the original version of the salsa is. Your original salsa. My original salsa is three types of chiles. Mm -hmm. We have chile guajillo, chile de arbol, chile serrano, tomatillos, garlic, onion, salt. That's about it. But I also think that's the base for any salsa. Like any salsa, some sort of tomato, choose your color of choice. Some sort of chile, which whatever you have, whether it's dried or fresh, garlic, onion, salt. Yeah. And then and then from there, like go ham, go hard, add, you know, add a pineapple, add a whatever. I do your thing, but choose your herb. I didn't I didn't I don't I don't even think I had any herbs on I don't think I had any herbs in it, but it was very fresh. And the key to this one, I would say, was you char some of the stuff. Yeah. And we'll talk about this uh, as we go on, but char is really important as a flavor throughout. Char is very important. The- I will say that I was 
I was like, I didn't know what I was getting myself into coming in here. I, I was like, you're going to make these two recipes from Rook. And I was like, okay. It was a real like hostile situation. Where no, she was no, like, no. Am I, where am I? And I was like, wait, am I supposed, can I deviate from the recipe? I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed, I mean, I was just like, and also I'm like nervous because you both are watching me. And I'm like, are they like judging me right now? Always judging. Yeah, I mean, yeah, bit, we stick judging. Judgment. And I was like, oh my God, David Chan's watching me cook right now. Like, is, am I not going to be invited again? Is this like a test? Is this like. You did, she did great. You did great. But you were I, saying. I was nervous. Like, you would have preferred like, one to. One of my tortillas fell apart. I was like, what is happening with me? I was like, relax, Brisa. Like, you're fine. You're amazing. I was like, you're strong. You're beautiful. You're a great cook. Like, I was just like, you know, talking to myself. Um, None but, of this But like my tomatillos wouldn't cook. I was like, what is happening? But you were trying. So basically there are a couple of ways you can get char indoors. I mean, yeah. one, you can just throw it on your burner. I mean, maybe not your tomatillo because they yeah. might burst and make a mess. Dave got char in his tomatillos by putting them under the broiler, right? Uh, Bricia got char by basically putting them into a hot cast iron pan. But that char is important. And don't make the mistake of a young, young Dave Chang and peel that char off the tomatillos, right? First time I ever made a tomatillo salsa. I peeled the char off and I got in a lot of trouble. But that's because you were coming from a specific type of kitchen, right? No, I didn't know that's... <laughs> I was actually making it in a French kitchen, but I didn't know that I was trying to make it as like an authentic... I, I never worked with tomatillos. Anyway, that's a whole other story we talked about. So, and then the other the other nice... The be other beautiful part about this salsa is like you're... you're Toasting, not charring the dried chilies in in oil and, and right. basically getting them. Yeah. Softened. So I mean you can and then the way that you cook any of the ingredients, like I said, they mentioned the, the basic salsa ingredients. You can fry, you can grill, you can boil. I mean, I think actually this recipe called for boiled tomatillos to begin with yeah. and fried everything else. But I was like, I mean, I feel like we can get a nice char. It was like asada. I was like, maybe let's just throw a little sada in there. You can broil it. I mean, I could have fried tomatillo. I mean, you can also do a salsa cruda, which is just raw tomatillos, mm -hmm. raw serranos, herbs, and that's it. Salt, garlic, and then it's really, really great. You know, so it's just, I don't know. I think people sleep on salsas for sure. I mean, for sure. And so this is the basis of the asada. These are your, these are your main stars. Bricia also made us uh, fresh tortillas. Yeah. Ish. Super delicious. Delicious. Yeah. Unbelievable. I had three tacos. <laughs> three tacos. Also, it was like super, I, I loved like how y'all enjoyed something so basic, you know, it was just like corn, meat, salsa, and it was just, yeah, just corn, like, meat, salsa, and like 5,000 years of like practice, basically, so. Yeah, like, I know, but it's just like, it's so beautiful, and I think it speaks on just the beauty of Mexican food, and why I'm just so passionate about people just respecting my culture so much, and yeah. like just understanding that, yes, it is very basic, it is just three things, and but, you know, the masa was done from scratch in my restaurant. You know, we nixtamalized everything. The, the meat is really great. We took forever to even overnight marinate. Yeah. The, it's just like. It's little, it's a little, it's a little steps. It's all yeah. those little moves. But this, this basic fast recipe. Fast food can take a long fucking time. Fast food takes, that's exactly right. So that is the base recipe. I re I mean, I highly recommend. I know Chang does too. Pick Delicious. up the book. Cook it out of here. Oh, thanks, guys. As we play our little game here on the show. We are never satisfied to just do things by the book because we want to see where else things can go. I wasn't trying to be competitive today. <laughs> he legitimately, oh, legitimately, my. he was not. He was maybe trying to be impressive. He's trying to. He was trying to. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. 
<laughs> but so like, I really didn't know for for regular. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Chang take the mic here because he's got a lot to describe. But for regular Recipe Club listeners, as you know, we are introducing some new wheel elements to the game, some new constraints. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chang and I decided to take a couple of them for a spin today. Uh, meaning, literally, we just picked them. Dave tried. We forced Dave to do a fusion, and <laughs> meaning he had to take Bricia's recipe here for a traditional, you know, LA the style carne asada, take the spirit of it and merge it with Korea. Yeah. And, and it where was a did beautiful the, marriage. Where did that take you, my friend? I don't know what happened. <laughs> He's like, play the tape back. Yeah, I really don't know what happened. I mean, it's I, I, I didn't really start thinking about this till yesterday. You see, I, I was sitting in a text. I was like, what recipe? <laughs> Which one? Uh, but I had remember going through the book and again learning about the Sada ways, right? The the lifestyle of it. So that was like an important thing. And two, um, I didn't want to like tread on territories that like Roy has already done, right? I mean, the orange juice and marinades and and even salsas. That's something Roy does in a lot of the Korean marinades that he does. And um, you know, Roy's a close friend, and I just didn't want to do that either. And I, I, I'm sure that there's been mergers along the way, but I didn't know what I want to do. And I also like, for me, when I merge cultures together, I want to do it respectful. So I, I want to find the seams where either, let's just say your uh, great grandfather moved to Seoul, Korea, and they were trying to do Asada, you know, mm-hmm. 200 years later, I bet you it might might look something like that. Yeah. Like, so use your imagination and think, okay, would they have uh, access to all the ingredients they would, would they even have masa? The answer is no. Might even be a rice flour pancake. I don't know. But once you start to just like, almost like a chat GPT algorithm, just figure out what it might be, then you can sort of find the marriage between the two. So that's what I was thinking. And, um, when I made the recipe yesterday with the Coca-Cola, that was, what I thought all I was going to do. And I said, Oh, I just spilled water everywhere. I thought that's all we were going to do. Um, Wait, so you didn't just, you didn't describe what that is. What did you do? So yesterday? I took, so I had some <laughs> shaved uh, ribeye from a dinner that I cooked a couple weeks ago. And we have some recipe club ingredients from uh, the cherry cola salad. There's a big cherry, big bottle of cherry Coke in the fridge. And like, I was like, okay, I can do this. I just, and I, 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 I made it, but I didn't add all the spices that I wanted to. So I made it, I finished it. And I looked, I tasted it. And I was like, this doesn't, this is not the, what I was hoping for. Right. It's delicious, but it seems like I just took out a couple Mexican ingredients and just added Korean ingredients and uh, a little you know, sweetness, a little sweetness from the cherry cola. And that was it. And I was like, so if I looked at it as like a piece of fabric that I stitched into a article of clothing, I, that's what I would tell a cook of mine. Um, I can see where you stitch the seams together mm. and it's a poor construction. Mm. And I was like, oh, I can't do that. I got to, you know, you're coming on. This is a big thing for us. I wanted to do something more uh, ambitious something that also was a, a lot more representative of your book. So I was like, all right, I'm going to add oregano and then I'm going to add clove and I'm going to add serrano. So that started to change. I'm like, oh, okay. So when I tasted that, I'm like, okay, maybe let's just like, I tried to th- take one of the pages of the book, right? The beautiful 
photos where you have spreads of food of yeah. different meats and salsas and that's what I was like, okay, that's what I want to recreate. So you I made a, whole, I made the salsa whole spirit of yeah. the salad. Yeah. I made the salsa and I that was delicious and I added tomatoes to a kimchi puree. So I basically made your salsa yesterday but with tomatoes instead of tomatillos. And I was like, "Oh, that tastes that was fire. You know, it was really, really tasted, good. Tasted, mm. cr- tasted cr- honestly Korean Mexican, mm-hmm. but neither of the two simultaneously, right? So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then on the way home, I drove past Vallarta Supermarket. So I was like, oh, I'm going to buy, you know, some pork belly. And I bought some truck steak that I didn't even know was going to work. And honestly, I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. <laughs> Can you describe chuck steak really quick? It's. It's a thin slice of the chuck itself, which right. is one of my favorite cuts. And we'll talk about all the muscular you know, sections another day, but it was basically a seven-bone steak. Um, and, you know, it's like five ninety nine. Right. Yeah, it's called Viesmillo. That's what we call it in Spanish. And we were talking about this, too. Like, this is the cool thing about going to a Mexican market, an Asian market. I've never market. seen that cut. You've never yeah. seen this cut. You've never seen a thin slice of chuck steak. No. And but I was like, mio. it's like, it's what people, like if you can't afford your flap, because that one seems to be a little bit more, you go for your this meal. God, I fucking love that. So I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's roll with that. And I didn't know what marinades I was going to have. I didn't know what I was going to do with the pork belly. In fact, I didn't think I was even going to cook it today. Um, and I knew I was, so I, I didn't really know. I knew I had the chuck. I knew I had the pork belly. I knew that I was like, oh, maybe I'll make like a salsa matcha. That's all I thought coming in today and i didn't know what i was going to pair it with um and then when you were filming and getting ready i started to be like okay let's just look at what i have and start assembling and then like 10 minutes before i went on i think we're rolling film just to you can like see me put it all together in my head i didn't know what i still was going to do but i started to put the ingredients together in a process where i might put it together right? Here's my meats. So I had the, the marinated meat. I had the chuck. I had the pork belly and I had the just plain short rib. And then yeah, you had thin sliced short rib. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, I thought I was just going to do like true Korean style, seared off, no marinade, salt and pepper and sesame oil. And then I had the tortillas. One, I made more of a Korean or like a dumpling, like a mandu wrap, right? That's mm-hmm. really what it was. It was mandu, like a gyoza skin. Just flour or bauzi, and water. Yeah, just flour and water. Um, didn't take any measurements, and I did that yesterday, and I rolled some out, and I was like, oh, it's like a, almost tastes like a japati to me, mm-hmm. you know, when I cook it that way. I was like, that, that'll that work. And then I was like, I was at, like, just rolling through Vallarta, and I was like, oh, that's a fucking huge tub of uh, manteca. I was like, shit, I guess I should... <laughs> If I have time, maybe I'll just try to make like a proper tortilla, which is really flour. Not really, but from what I know, it's flour. And I made it a bunch of times over the years in family meal. Flour, pork fat. A lot of people put like a Crisco in it or something. I think pork fat is the better way to go. That's the more traditional way. Um, and baking powder, but you don't always have to. And and I was literally making that when you were there, yeah. you know, like when we're on. So you could almost... Like if you're Sherlock Holmes pieced together, I'm in the background piecing what the fuck I was going to do. And then when we went on, I got, okay, I was like, these are the vegetables. I, I bought some shiso because I knew I wanted to have getnip or prill leaf because I wanted to at least have Korean sam because the ethos of the asada and how you wrap things really similar to a sam plate in Korean food with the cucumbers and then, and, and the dipping sauce and your samjang. So that's why I wanted to make my version of a samjang, but I didn't want to use gochujang. Hmm. 
I knew that because I make a lot of pozole. That's like the thing I've always made. And um, when I make like my base sauce for that, the way the way I do it, it it is almost like a kimchi paste to me before I add the the cabbage. So when knowing that, I'm like, oh. That'll be like my base sauce for the marinade, and maybe I'll use that as salsa matcha. Maybe I'll use that. Use Interesting, because we saw you do this. You you took the little uh, Nutribullet, and we saw you make this uh, salsa slash marinade, and then we were like, what's he doing? You like separated it into like three bowls. One was going to be basically just, it's done. It's a salsa. One was going to be like, I'm going to add X, Y, or I'm going to add maybe like sesame oil or something. And now it's going to be a dressing for this cabbage. And the other one was like, now I'll add this and it's going to be a marinade, which yeah. was like a super cool base that you had. And they all tasted dramatically different. But again, part of that, that idea only happened because I've made a lot of kimchi and that, if I just take gochukaru dried chili paste, whether I say with jot, which is this dry, small salted shrimp or fish sauce, garlic, ginger, soy sauce, I mix it all together. I have this really pungent, delicious paste. Okay. I was like, well, chilies came from Mexico anyway. So that's not a stretch. That Korean food is already fusion. And I'm like, all right. So if I take out fish sauce, all right. All right. Well, maybe I'll leave fish sauce in. I don't remember what I put in this shit, quite frankly. But like, all right. So then it's like a debate. Like, what do I put the salt? I need salt. I need umami. So what do I do? All right. So I think I put soy sauce in. And then it's like, okay, oregano to me is a flavor that a lot of spice or herb that a lot of people don't resonate with in Mexican food. But it's like really present in a lot of different flavors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted that and clove because of what Brescia said. So I put all those things in. I'm like. Okay, in my head, as I'm making it, I'm like, okay, great-grandpa might make something like this. Or my great-grandmother might make something like this if we move to Mexico City. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm like, when I'm tasting, I'm like, okay, doesn't taste fucking weird. (laughs) Tastes like, okay, I could see this in my head resonating and being a real thing. And that's how that happened. And then when I, the reason I put peanuts and shallots in is when we filmed Ugly Delicious back a few years back, I had salsa uh, uh, salsa seca for the first time. When I had salsa seca, my head exploded because yeah. it tasted like furikake, and it also tasted like a snack that I grew up eating, which is dried fish cooked over fire with p- uh, peanuts, and you mm-hmm. might have the sesame crackers and the whole thing. And I'm like, oh shit, furikake! How I would eat like these little snacks, it was like oh. And all the seeds, and I, I did a little homework, a lot of it came from the Lebanese that came, and that's how you got the trompo. And I'm like, so what I love about Mexican food is it's literally just like like a lot like Japanese, where they just take from wherever the fuck. There's no, well, you can't cook that here. It's like, if it's right. fucking good, let's yeah. go. Yeah. And I salsa sec is a relatively recent invention. It's hard to actually find some information about it because it's relatively new. I know there's some d- data, but the ingredients on it are... So it just translates to a dry salsa. When I had that, I was like, what? Salsas can be like this? And I I literally, my first thought was like, this can't be salsa. Like, I'm a fucking expert in Mexican yeah. food. This is no salsa. Yeah, you guys had it wrong yeah, right. in Mexico City. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I was like. Uh, waiter, this is waiter, not a salsa. This is not salsa. So, and when I had it, I was like, this is brilliant. It's crunchy. It's like a savior granola. And that's why when I tasted that, and when I had salsa matcha in Copenhagen, remember of all places, when Rosio Sanchez tasted it, she's like, oh, this is salsa matcha. Because Chris and I were fucking around on this dinner with Renee. All of these thoughts and memories start coming together 
I didn't know what salsa matcha was until Rosio tells me. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, this tastes like fucking Mexican. I was like, I put fucking soy sauce in it. Like, yeah, we put soy sauce in it sometimes. Like, yeah. what the fuck? So this is all going through my head. I'm working off memories while I'm tasting it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to explain what the fuck I was doing. And then I had this, I don't even know. Honestly, I'm glad we recorded it because I don't know what the fuck. I <laughs> it was really good. So he, you basically, I'll try to, I'll try to summarize. Oh yeah, the, the, whatever I made that tastes know. like a non-prick. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know it was going to taste like a non-prick. I was trying to make like a, I added peanuts and the sesame seeds and all that shit. Because I was shallots. trying to make it more like a salsa seca. Yeah. But it didn't. So <laughs> that's what happened. Non-prick is another good comp. But so I'll, I'll try to review. Brisa, you fill in any gaps here. Yeah. But his Korean asada was i think four cuts of meat you had your your pork belly which when we walked out you you had taken the skin off and you did you cut into small chunks and marinated and lay, and then just did in in a non-stick walk you, we walked out and you're like i think this tastes more indian than anything else which is like yeah. a hilarious thing because like it did what what's because between in it. what's between korea and mexico basically indian mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's basically where we are so you had the pork belly you did end up doing the thin ribeye in a very like straightforward korean style fashion just like in I love a, a shaved ribeye though yeah. i mean that's just like the shaved ribeye was was marinated the in the coca-cola and, cola and everything i will say that that's also very mexican the coca-cola marinade we do that a lot in a carnita so like that's that makes why sense. i wanted to yeah. do it yeah why didn't we get that recipe for fucking know, soda episode? And then you did the seven bone thin chuck steak uh, in a different marinade. I forget which one. I, well, I, I think that was like a what, soy, garlic. But there is a lot of marinades of soy and also yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the fuck I put into it, but it tasted really good. <laughs> that one under the broiler, then a cabbage slaw with the same sort of like chili base. Trying to recreate kimchi. Trying to recreate kimchi, a little it chili It almost was like more there. like a cortita, um, like a, sal- a sal- sal- El Salvador thing. You yeah, that you would cortito. get with the, yeah, with, you go with the, the, the pupusas yeah. and stuff. Uh, that's exactly what it was like, with like, even with the oregano and yeah. everything. Um, some onion in there. You did some rice, but I wasn't intending to make it like a like a pupusa topping. <laughs> it just like, but that's how deliciousness yeah, works. Really yeah, that's, I was like, oh, good. I was like, cool. I want to taste like cool. It tastes <laughs> like I can put this on a pupusa. Yeah, yeah. Two kinds of tortillas. One the lard ones, and then uh, you rolled the the sort of more chapati, just water and flour ones with a, a shiso leaf kind of inlaid in the middle. Brisi and I were both very upset that he was just fucking going way over the top. We <laughs> <laughs> were low key hating. Just like low key, low key. Brisi was like jumping off the walls when she thought one of them was stuck to the cutting board and that you had failed and then you had made it anyway. Uh, those things, the the sort of salsa matcha, salsa seca, nam prick, uh, tomatillo, tomatillo, and then that was the crazy thing. So you made you you made that salsa. You made the kimchi salsa, and then you made uh, a tomatillo salsa that was pretty close in flavor to Brescia's original. And the moment that like struck me when I was like, "This works. This is not. You can't see the seams anymore." Mm-hmm. Was that tomatillo salsa, which tasted pretty faithful to the original one, just blended seamlessly in with everything else. Everything. It didn't feel out of place. And then you had you know your som plate of, of lettuces and, and avocado and, and peppers and cucumbers and carrots and all that stuff, but. Uh, dude, it was impressive as hell. I will say this. It was very impressive. Even just to watch it come together in your mind and like being able to hear your mind work. I mean, obviously you weren't saying anything, but your facial expressions, the way you moved in the kitchen, the way like your brain just like 
illuminated in certain <laughs> moments throughout the whole thing. The dance, the way you danced in the kitchen was just so amazing to see. And like, you can see how like things were just kind of coming together. My, my favorite part life. though, Bricio was when we were watching. So, so the way we've set this up and you'll all see this on the video, Bricio and I are each of us, while one of us was cooking, the rest of us were in this room watching them on TV, peanut gallery, yeah. talking shit, whatever. My favorite moment though, was when I was like, Dave tasted something and you're like, Oh, does he, does he like it? I was like, Watch his eyes are going to get big right here. Yeah. Then literally as I said, that, he goes, like, hmm, pretty good. <laughs> his eyes were just like, it's so, it, it was so beautiful to be able to see that come to life in real life. And then uh, I was like, I know this guy pretty him well. Him knowing like everything and like little moves. I mean, it was all probably like, it, it was, was definitely a highlight. It was very cool. And I think, you know, the other thing we didn't talk about or we didn't put a, a, a bow on Riccio was like, we, we were talking in here a little bit, noting you know, the, the one kind of like salient, most obvious difference between like the, the sort of Korean style barbecue marinades that, that most people know and like a carne asada rest, uh, a marinade is the, the sweetness. Yeah. You usually find a lot more sweetness in the Korean yeah. marinades. And so we were like kind of kind of ribbing Chang a little bit for adding agave to most agave, of the marinades. Yeah. Going out there, though, like tasting it, none of it was like Korean barbecue you know, no. probably sweet. It was just like all very well rounded. And like, that was, that was a really nice touch. I think people don't cook with enough sugar. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want you to taste it, taste it, but it's a base note. But that, I you always say that. And yeah. I always, that's exactly what you achieve was like, nothing was sweet. Unlike my salsa. <laughs> like everything was, was well balanced. I so, love at the end you were like adding the agave syrup. <laughs> at the end. Uh, I mean, I yeah, listen, like I spend more time with, I, I've, I've picked up a lot of habits and, and tricks. So dude, well done. The the listen. I'm, I'm it really. Was I'm, I'm just happy that you liked it. Yeah. I wanted to bring my best. Um, this is like a one off because like it's not a competition today. But I really today. enjoy cooking this way. Yeah, I no, I, I enjoy cooking this way because this is like the get the best out of me. Because it dawned on me is like when I cook from memories, it's personal, and then it's yeah. like it works right because like I just hone in on things that work, and I was like shit like. This was really fucking good. It was, it was really so delicious. good. Really fucking good. Yeah. I was like, shit, I, the tortillas could have been better. But again, if I wasn't trying to cook quickly, but in general, the, my, my test is if I serve this to your parents or at an asada, I don't think people would taste me like, it tastes Korean. What? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a, a fusion in a traditional sense. I think it would have tasted People Normal. would have finished it. Yeah, taste it, taste good, taste yeah, just taste good. I just love like the assembly of it too, and just how like the visual of it, you know, mm -hmm. it's just coming out there to a full on asada spread. Mm -hmm. And I think that spirit just made me really happy. And I was like, oh I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, last thing I would say about it is like the this the sort of like patch in the clothing, the seams thing is a perfect, perfect analogy, analogy I think, because it was, it was almost as though rather than like, I'm going to sew this Korean thing into this Mexican fabric quilt. quilt. It was let's shred everything to its basic thing and then form a new fabric mm -hmm. out of everything. That's like why you couldn't see the seams is like, it's not just, you know, bulgogi on top of a tortilla. I mean, no, like that is a very delicious thing, but like, it's different than that, you know? Wow. Um, so very, very, very nice Chang. I think like, thank you guys. I gotta say, oh, I'm so stoked you. that we videotaped it because I've never had that happen. <laughs> I've never been in a kitchen where it's been videotaped. 
There's yeah. been people watching, but I've never, it's never been, it's, it's very, hard to explain to what the fuck happened. No, no, it was like, it was like a clear 4K footage of Yeti in the wild. hundred <laughs> percent. Sasquatch sighting out there. Pooh Bear, uh, more likely. <laughs> you did, you did Pooh Bear your paw into the, uh, <laughs> yeah, into you the blender. Full on uh, the honey. So, so I'll do mine very quickly. Um, I, my constraint that we took for a spin today was slow cooker, which we replaced one pot with. So, I tried to make a carne asada, a grilled piece of meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to adapt that to a world in which you are in a dorm room or something. You only have a slow cooker. I asked Gabby if that meant I could use the blender. She said no. I couldn't <laughs> use any appliances. I had a cutting board you, Gabby. and a slow cooker. In this case, I got we had two slow cookers because I tried. I couldn't. One was really fancy. Good plaid. Slow cookers are so slow. I had no idea how slow a slow cooker was until today. <laughs> So, you know, my challenge obviously was I, I wasn't going to have uh, flat meat or anything that was for grilling. So I changed my meat to a chuck roast. And I thought, let me just put literally everything in the marinade into a slow cooker with chunks of chuck roast and let it cook into something else. More of a less of a less of an asada and more of a stew. Carla, um, jugo, you mean? Yes. So once once they tasted it. Brice was like, this is already a thing, idiot. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, you know, only two tiny adjustments I made. Like I changed the liquid level a little bit, but I added, you know, a little more onion because I kind of, I was looking forward to just like a ton of slow cooked onions. And then the marinade has cilantro in it, um, which I just hacked up a bunch of the cilantro stem into small pieces and put it in there. So those would cook down. But otherwise it was basically everything in, in Bricia's marinade, orange juice, clove, cumin, uh, oregano, all of that stuff in the slow cooker for five hours. Um, for the salsa, again, I couldn't char anything. I thought, I thought if I got the slow cooker hot with nothing in it, it would get hot enough that I could saute in there. It did not. <laughs> like I put oil in there and I was like, here's the big moment where I'm going to put this in. It's going to sizzle. <laughs> I just went, (laughs) just nothing. So I gave up on the idea of toasting anything. So what I did was I soaked the chilies in in hot water to soften them a little because I Mm -hmm. wasn't going to get the oil. I chopped them up small. I added a little bit of that uh, soaking liquid into there as well. And for the tomatillos, I just just diced them and put them into the slow cooker so that it would just cook down into, into salsa. So I had dueling slow cookers one with salsa one with this kind of stew thing i stole a move from brisia at the end so i scooped out all the meat and onions and stuff onto a a plate gave it that hit of lime hit of salt and then i was like how do i heat these tortillas though like there's i'm not allowed to use anything and I was like, just going to throw them on top of the meat and He's then cover- the residual steam. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna throw them on there, use the residual steam and cover them up. And from the other room, from the, the green, room. green room here where Bricia and, and Dave are watching me do this, I hear uh, them yelling out, dip it in the slow cooker, dip it in the slow cooker. So I, I, I pulled the, this is like it was a like watching classic. like a dating show or something. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> don't do this. Don't ask that question, you idiot. Don't give her the rose. <laughs> Except for they were loud enough that I could literally hear them on the show. Yeah. Um, this is this is like a classic move, actually. Yeah. Like heating yeah. in like a hot consomme or whatever. So dip the tortillas in there, scoop some uh, meat on there, and then the salsa. And that was the that was all she wrote, and it was like. It was very good. It was pretty bomb. It was pretty it was good. Very good. Chuck, 
<laughs> it was delicious. It was it was it was pretty delicious, and you identified it immediately as carne de jugo. Yeah, yeah. Carne de jugo. I got you, Jen. Carne de jugo. Which we decided was the we decided the the real takeaway from my my recipe was that Bricia's recipe is. So foolproof, so good that you can just throw it in a slow cooker and it'll this still be good. This is the first recipe club where everything was delicious. Everything was very, very. Everything good. was delicious. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And positive. This is a positive, positive recipe club. How <laughs> about that? When someone doesn't choose a shitty recipe, <laughs> what do you? This is your fault. Yeah. <laughs> all your fault honestly boys thank you so much for having me this was so much fun today and i was sitting here in the green room making fun of david chang and i looked at chris and i was like can you believe we're at work today yeah. <laughs> like can there you, you believe like this is us it was living a, our life know, it was a very good time we ate extremely well yeah. also by the way you left i'm sorry before we before we let people go <laughs> We've skipped over the beverage courses really quick. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. Really quick. Bricia brought something pretty special, mm-hmm. uh, which is. I love Michelada.com. I love Michelada.com. Michelada.com. Thank you. Uh, Michelada mix with. Chamoy. With chamoy, with soju. Oh, I put it in. Soju. What, oh, yes. Oh, my soju. Michelada. You put my the chamoy also in one of your dresses. Yes, you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. one. Yes. I don't even know. Yeah. Yes, so we did. had a really delicious. Soju chilada. Soju lada. Soju yeah, lada. Coming very soon. But not to be outdone, Mr. Chang had to also have a beverage pair. I made a donjimi, not because of today, but we had all this aging vegetables and fruits. So I turned that into donjimi, which is a certain percentage of salt. Honestly, I don't know. I just guessed it, tasted it. And then you throw radishes in there and stuff. And it's a, is that water? Water kimchi. Water kimchi. And, and that's so, the base for Mundingmin or Dong Chibi Guksu. And I, was like, I tasted it. <laughs> well played. Uh, and I just added a, an athletic or any kind of beer to that. And, and it, it, it had that same sort of flavor to yeah. me that could be it, just not spicy. But it also, what, what I actually, I didn't it's say. It's like that umami. I, yes. I didn't put my finger on it at the time, but like. It was incredibly refreshing for the same reason so I think refreshing. that like Gatorade is refreshing because yes. it had that little saltiness mm. to it that yeah. made it really delicious. So electrolytes, baby! My God, right. we and good for your gut, so probably. Much probiotic, probiotic. electrolyte. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Coming soon to I Love Michelada.com. <laughs> these guys, by the way, these two have launched like six businesses since <laughs> we started the day today. Uh, this was a lot of fun. This episode of Recipe yeah, Club was a lot you, of fun. Thank you, and honestly, what an honor like to thank be cooked you by sp- you in uh, that in that sense and like watch you like create something out of nothing just straight up magic david copperfield style <laughs> you came honor, out of a pressure cooker an honor. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for spending all day with us really oh spending gosh, all day no. Bricia spent guys. all day long uh there are so many things so many ways to to get in the Bricia's world that you should you should uh partake in all of them i keep on calling this a special episode but like chang said this is the direction we're going with the whole show um videos will be coming hot on the heels of this um, so you gotta content. go. You gotta get on an airplane. I gotta get an airplane. This is a lot of fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're back in our normal world Thank next you. week. Give us five stars. Yeah.